Welcome to Get Behind Fanny, a podcast dedicated to the behind-the-scenes stories of the music, the members, and the musicians influenced by the rock group Fanny, the godmothers of women who rock. Friday, everyone. Hey, everybody. I'm uh, Fanny Strummer, Alice DeBure. And I'm Dr. Kristen Hilaire Glasgow. I'm the daughter of Fanny's manager, Roy Silver. And I'm Byron Wilkins, lifelong Fanny fan and website manager over there. And hello, everybody. Hello. <laughs> hello, hello. All right. All right, everybody. It's hashtag Ask Alice Part 2. Right. And I just have to say, we have had such an incredible, fabulous response to the last episode. And mm-hmm. we have so many more questions for you for hashtag Ask Alice, our mm-hmm. wonderful Alice. So let's just dive... <laughs> <laughs> so, that's yeah. right. Alice, are you ready to take another spin at the wheel and answer a ton of questions and listening to some of your fave fanny tunes? <laughs> I, I really am. But um, I also am um, kind of amazed at how many questions came in. Um, you know, the drummer is usually sitting there in the background, but you know, um, it's really cool that all you guys wrote in and tweeted and Facebooked and I really am honored and I appreciate your responses and your questions. But before we begin, but there's my, butt. Oh, I did that, didn't I? I did do that. Oh man. You did. It's hard to resist, you know? It is. Um, I'm going to set the stage for this podcast with Rock Bottom Blues. And I want to do, I want us to play the original version, or we're going to play the original version, Mm. um, where I did the vocals in London. It was not, Mm -hmm. this is not the version that was on the album. And I've always considered Rock Bottom Blues kind of autobiographical of my early career in rock and roll. Yeah. 
damn oh, horns man. needed. <laughs> yes. yes. That's right, really? Byron. That's not, absolutely not one. Not yeah. one. Oh, that's that a, is that's a good such a cool song. It's such well, a it's, it's good to hear it in the wrong like that because you know what? It, it I've never heard it without the horns, obviously. And this is really great to hear it like that. I love yeah. the raw of it. Yeah, it's that. a great it's a great track. It's it's and your really solid rock and roll track on this song. Oh, yeah. just I didn't need to redo them. Why no. did I have to redo them? Really? No, really? Higher? And, even? And and for those Jeez. that may not know, that little wonderful X-rated part is now a ringtone at yes. fannyrocks.com oh, yeah. that you can oh, yeah. download. Yeah. Also got me in trouble when I was 15 for playing that. My parents were like, yeah. oh, never yeah. mind. Yeah, anyway. never mind. Yeah. And, you know, and, and I always thought, this, uh, this song was based on a true story in your life, because especially since you sang it, Alice, you know, because a lot of songs are based on experiences of members of bands. So I just figured you had been busted once or twice. <laughs> well, I hadn't been busted, but Rock yeah. Bottom Blues always did feel autobiographical to me. Okay. And that is, I think, because I related to so many of the lyrics. You know, we had this kind of... Um, it was a it was a jokey kind of story, and it was uh, stick with me, sweetheart. You'll never have to work again. And yeah. so you want to make a record? Well, you know, and I've you know been in every kind of band and show from Bangor, Maine to Boise, Idaho. That's pretty yeah. true, you know. Yeah. Wondering how oh, to keep warm and so darn broke down to my last toke. We didn't have a lot of pot, so yeah, you know. Yeah, I love yeah. it. I love it. it. We it had did. talked about this song before, Alice. Yeah. And I remember Jeannie, too, was just giggling about the fun you had with your lyrics. Yeah, and the, it's one of the few songs that Fanny wrote together. And we yeah, did right? have a lot of fun putting it together. I mean, it was, it was, it just, it fell together so well. And we just laughed and giggled and <laughs> stick with me, sweetheart. I love that. <laughs> I'm assuming that's a combination, at least when you wrote the song of Richard Perry and my dad. Maybe. Um, yeah, maybe. I yeah. <clears throat> yep. We'll leave Wink, that right nod, there. Nod. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, you know what? Nice, nice. He tried. If it is about my dad, he tried. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not trying. Anyway, I am so excited to get to hashtag Ask Alice Part Two. Mm-hmm. So I'm ready to get to the questions. But okay. Before Uh-oh. we begin, it's well, it's all really positive. Again, Alice, we had so many people write in that what mm-hmm. we had to do for this episode is turn the questions into kind of themes for you. Oh, so okay. because we yeah. just don't have time. Otherwise, you know, we would love to get to everybody's comments. Well, so, we could be here for two hours. I wouldn't mind. <laughs> I wouldn't mind either. I just think I know some UFOs people would. might get a little bored. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so the first theme we're going to start with is, okay. is this idea of Alice, you have talked about this before of playing as a drummer in a trio versus mm-hmm. okay. let's say a quartet. Right. And it struck me after the last episode, when you talked about how on seven roads, it was a song mm-hmm. that you Jeannie and June had worked on mm-hmm. so much rehearsed it, et cetera, while right. you were looking for Nikki or looking right. for a keyboardist. Right. And it dawned on me that maybe that's why Jeannie kind of referred to you as ginger Baker ish mm-hmm. on this yeah. playing or, you know, because there's this idea where you're a little bit busier on it. It worked, of course. But mm-hmm. because the song, the three of you worked on it, it was a trio in part. Nikki o- oh. did the overdubs after you had recorded it. Right. Well, you know, that's a good point, Kristen. And I don't think that I'd really thought of it that way before. Mm-hmm. Um, but the three of us there at Fanny Hill, that was a trio, you yeah. know. 
And mm-hmm. Seven Roads might remind Jeannie of Ginger Baker, especially the triplets at the end that are so busy. But my style overall is so different from his. I think mm-hmm. I'm the exact opposite in my drumming style. He was almost like a controlled Keith Moon. You know, yeah, Keith, okay. Keith's, Keith's drumming style was all over the place, kind of maniacal, while Ginger <laughs> Baker played more of the song, you know. And I'm not real busy on Seven Roads. I mean, I'm on my toms and everything. Mm-hmm. But like I said, I think that the triplets at the end are pretty crazy. That's that's okay. more like Ginger Baker crazy or Keith Moon crazy, yeah. <laughs> well, I hope you know when I say busy or refer to it that way, that's a compliment. Yeah, because I think your drumming is extraordinary. So continuing with this trio idea, though, Justin Pate wanted to know about your drumming in The Women, which mm-hmm. is a previous band before you joined Fanny. And right. he said he wanted to know, was your drumming busier on this because it was a trio versus when you joined Fanny? Mm-hmm. Also, Steve Mitchell commented on your playing with Badge, um, excuse mm-hmm. me, on Badge. Right. <laughs> and he was also saying how it um, felt a little Ginger Baker-ish on it. So talk to us, Alice, about the women as a trio, and again, Steve Mitchell, and you're playing on Badge. Yeah, well, Justin, um, the women was the band that I started in high school in 1966, mm-hmm. I think it was, 65 wow. or 66. And my drumming probably was a little bit busier with the women because it was a trio, um, mm-hmm. Marsha played keyboards and a bass keyboard. So it was just guitar and keyboards. There wasn't an actual oh, bass player, okay. you know, but, um, it's also probably because I was just starting to learn how to play rock and roll. I was only like mm. 16, you know, and that's when I started on a full kit, you know, and when you're first learning how to play drums, you don't realize that less is more that the boom chick is enough. You know, mm-hmm. until you've played for a longer time and you can you can value the the, the spaces and the silence you leave, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, and on badge, Steve, this is a busier drum part, you know, but I really do like my drumming on it, no matter who people think I sound like. That's that's the the clip from the CD from the actual recording. So, Steve, let me address my playing in general on the covers that Fanny did. I did not listen to, nor did I study the original version of the covers that Fanny played. I always started from scratch, and on this recording, you can hear the drum part. It's clean. It's cleaner than when we played live. You know, live I could let loose a bit more. You know, as you hear on that French TV footage, while the audio isn't that great, it's got (laughs) definitely that live sound. So let's listen.
You know, Kristen has said it several times, but you know, Alice, you are an extremely underrated drummer because I mean, you listen to that. They really are. Holy That's crap. I mean, that is yeah. just some great drumming. And I'm not I, trying to, you know, brush your ego here or anything because no, you true. can tell me to FO. You know, no, I believe <laughs> it's, it's like, shut, no, the Byron. Yes, shut, shut the fuck up, Byron. Yeah, shut the fuck up, Byron. Yeah. But, you, you know, I wish that the audio was better on that French yeah. footage. You know, I really do. But you really do get the difference in. A clean oh, yeah. recording as opposed to live. Live is always almost always muddier, you know. But mm-hmm. the drums, I was I was loose, baby. I was like balls <laughs> to the walls, as I like to say. Well, Alice, yeah. I have a question for you, and this yeah. is me, me approaching this question not being a drum aficionado. Mm-hmm. <laughs> On the recording version of Badge, I feel you sound more like Ringo Starr. On the recorded, I mean, excuse me, on the French footage of you on Badge, there I can feel the Ginger Baker busyness. Yeah, yeah they I, feel I very know. different in your approach. Yeah, mm-hmm. and well, I think part of that is the difference between recorded and live sound, you know, because I played um, a lot of the same riffs. And somebody, a couple of years ago, a year ago, some fan wrote me, maybe it was on one of the YouTube videos or something, but he had played the French TV footage for Ginger Baker no. and, and Ginger Baker said, Oh, okay. Wow. That's good. She oh, nailed wow. it. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And That's I've always taken from, that from him because he's a cranky yeah. guy. <laughs> he was yes. a very cranky man. He certainly yeah. was. Yeah. But oh, how cool. Yeah. And I think that, you know, I, I never thought of myself as a Ginger Baker type drummer, I always mm-hmm. wanted to be more like Ringo, putting the, to your point, Kristen, to put the right fill in the right place. I don't yeah. think I always succeeded because he was brilliant, in my opinion. But yeah. Well, you know. I think you are too. Thank so, you. a wonderful theme <laughs> of talking about trios. So, let's switch to the next theme, which is you got tons of questions, Alice, mm-hmm. about famous drummers that you played with. Mm-hmm. What other okay. albums did you play on while in Fanny or after? And how were you received as a drummer at the time? Not necessarily by fans, but by your drummer peers. Yeah. Okay. No, that's okay. that's a lot of that's a lot of questions into one. But Fanny <laughs> opened for everybody in the world. It seems you know we opened for <laughs> Procol Harum and Moody Blues and Quicksilver Messenger Messenger Service in Chicago. And I wow. mean, I could go on and on and on with with who we opened for. And the only well known drummer um, out of all of those bands who played on, well, actually he wasn't even in any of the bands we opened for, but the only other drummer who played live with us on stage was Keith Moon. Hmm. And we had to ask him to get off the drums because he was so drunk, he couldn't keep the beat. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And yes, for those of you out there, on Keith Moon's album, this is an aside here, but this is the Hmm. truth, on Keith Moon's album, on solid gold that is cam davis on drums june Mm. and i were not involved genie is on that but it's cam davis not myself but okay okay. Mm -hmm. so here's my butt most (laughs) of the oh that sounded kind of Rude. Yeah. <laughs> They're listening to this in the morning, Alex. Haven't even had I'm their so first sorry. cup of coffee Good yet. Morning. <laughs> yeah, I'm really sorry. But you know, the drummers that um that we played with in the bands, almost all of those bands, if they were in the arena or the theater or the club or whatever when we were playing, they were on the side of the stage. They were watching, watching us. You. They appreciated wow. us. They they acknowledged our talent. They they liked it. There was one drummer 
in all of those years that I remember who just was like, meh. And that was because <laughs> he didn't have any interest in the band at all. To, to, no. So no. I was included okay. in my drums. And that's Danny Serafin from Chicago. Oh, you know, well, that, he, that kind of fits yeah. with his personality because, you know, he they eventually kicked him out for being such kind of a, you know, jerk or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> well, he was the no. only drummer who didn't come out and watch like, you know, the others did. Mm. He didn't make a general connect, you know. Okay. if Like mm-hmm. I said, if they were there, they showed up. He was the only one that I can say was an arrogant prick. You know, but with that said, <laughs> I will go. glide right Let over that. Let it out. That. Let it out, Alex. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to glide right over that one. <laughs> um, the other opinion. part. There we go. Yeah. The other part of the question was um, what albums I played on after Fanny. And um, while I was in Fanny, we played on the Barbara Jones Streisand album. We've talked right. about that. But Jeannie and I also played on and recorded with Leon Russell on the John Simon album on the tune. Um, Song of the Fairies, and mm. it's a very weird, weird song. If you you can find it on on YouTube somewhere, but and then the other album that I did after Fanny was uh, Peter Ivers' album Terminal Love. Mm. So oh, cool. those are my answers. Right. There you go. Wonderful <laughs> answers. You've got a gold star. So there. <laughs> Gee, thanks. It's a solid gold star. There you go. A solid oh, gold star. Good, good one, Byron. Byron. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but so um, moving on with the hashtag Ask Alice questions uh, from John Kerry and Matt from Melbourne both mm. want to know about your blue tom on the beat club when yeah. the rest of your kit was natural wood made out of walnut. Yeah. Everybody asked this question. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. had a lot well, of those. And you know yeah. what? I used to think that, well, my other Tom was on the road, that my other kit was on the road and I had to fill it in. But the more I've thought about it, um, so this is answering John and Matt, right? Mm-hmm. It, it It's occurred to me that it wasn't the one-time thing that I used to think it was. Um, it was probably my first Camco kit, and I did okay. not have two floor toms on that original kit. I oh, think I was know. trying the sound out because I wanted mm-hmm. to be able to go, doom 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 four yeah. <laughs> instead of doom 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 you know? Yeah. Okay. And it mm-hmm. was... Um, when I got the second kit, then I got the double toms, the 16 inch mm. and, and the 18 inch floor tom, because I wanted to make that run all the way down, you know? So mm-hmm. I hope that answers your question. Oh, I think so. Well, yeah. I think so. And John Kerry also wanted to know, and Alice, you've answered this before, but the mm-hmm. reason why I wanted to include it was this time you gave me behind the scenes a really interesting take on it. Question you've been asked a lot is, did you play solos? Why or why not? Right. And normally yeah. what you have said is you hated the sound of your drums or you didn't right. like solos. But <laughs> right. so John Kerry wants to know, did you ever get a chance to break out some solos? Why or why not? Well, John, that's not who Fanny was. You know, it that was not the kind of sound we wanted to present, nor the type of arrangements that we created. We didn't have everybody playing solos. We were a unit mm. with a particular single sound. And I think that's part of what made us special.
Yeah. Yep. Wonderful. Yeah. Great really. cover. My uh, yeah. my music player brings that up quite a bit because uh, I love that song. Yeah, <laughs> I love That's that. A, song it's a good too. song, and you know we yeah. were special. We were you a really rock were. band, you know. Right. It was it was fitting for a rock band to have a guitar solo or have a keyboard solo, but mm-hmm. Jeannie didn't do bass solos and I didn't Mm-mm. do drum solos. So yeah, yeah but Alice, you know, <laughs> let's say let's say Nikki or June had asked mm-hmm. either you or Jean to do a bass solo or a drum solo, she would have woven it in, or they would have woven it in in a much different way than people think of as solos, mm-hmm. don't you think? Yeah, and of course I would have done it if it was an integral part of the song, but for the sake of a drum solo, no. That's something that we would never do. Right. Just have a drum solo hanging out there, you know? Absolutely. Uh -uh. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, the next, it's kind of a larger theme here, Alice. It's mm-hmm. its recording versus live. Yeah. And it's another question from Nigel. And he wanted yep. to know, did you get nervous when you walked into the studio to record and that mm-hmm. light went okay. on? Mm-hmm. And did you get nervous when you were walking onto the stage? Why or mm-hmm. why not? Yeah, well, interesting. I mm-hmm. was nervous every single time walking on stage. Mm-hmm. But once I sat down behind the drums, I was home because I knew what I was doing. I knew what I was going to do, and I okay. knew I had control of it. And recording in the studio was so different. There were no crowds we had to impress or to prove that we had to play, that we could play. You know, mm-hmm. we all knew from our tireless rehearsals what we needed to do, and we just <laughs> did it. You know, yeah. we just listened to those two versions of Badge just a bit ago. And yeah. like I said, the studio version is more planned out to build the emotion of the song live. That build is totally different. It's a different beast altogether. Okay. Great. Great. Yeah. Wonderful. And also in the studio, as they say, tape is cheap. <laughs> you don't yeah. do many things. You know, it's like, oh, you screwed it up, do it again. You know, yeah, yeah. back or in the live, day. Well, you get one shot, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say Byron tape was not mm-hmm. cheap back then. Well, so in a- <laughs> <laughs> 24 track tape, no, but yeah. yeah and, <laughs> and that's again, why Fanny rehearsed so much because right, they could right. just walk in and be absolutely right. prepared. Didn't we have were the luxury. Re- and we were ready. We were ready. Every time we went cool. into the studio, we were ready. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, we've mentioned Jeff Fazekas before many mm-hmm. times, a mm-hmm. longtime <laughs> Fanny fan. Yes. Yep. Hi, Jeff, as well as a podcast fan. And uh, Alice, he had a wonderful comment for you. So I'm just going to read it. Okay. It's a bit long, but it's wonderful. Cool. He said, quote, as far as a gen- general comment for hashtag Ask Alice, this is going to be hard to put into words. I've always thought Alice was a true star. What with the 13-year-old crush and everything. <laughs> but my 2021 mm-hmm. ears, in conjunction with each and every podcast, have taken it all to another level. Alice was a craftsman. While most drummers just play their part, Alice thought about it and worked at it and built it up from the ground level on, sort of like a musical sandcastle. A part of me will always be that 13-year-old with that crazy crush over the hot drummer with all that (laughs) hair, but said crush is now augmented by an unwavering appreciation and awe for an absolutely brilliant musician, close quote. Oh, Jeff, Isn't that you know, beautiful. Yeah, that, that it is. That is so kind. But, but Jeff, dear, you forgot <laughs> to mention what is most important to me, and that's the friendship that we've created now. You know, we're yeah. buds. Yeah, yeah, and it's <laughs> it's nice to have a friendship like that. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely, yeah. wonderful, and I, wonderful. I, I, and he was thirteen. I was fourteen. Having a yeah. Crush. So there you yeah. go. <laughs> there you, you had go. a crush. You had a crush on the bass player. Come on. 
Oh, oh you had had you started playing bass? Yeah, you were playing bass then. Well, I was playing so, bass yeah. then. Yeah, yeah, I was. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So wait, Byron, you were being yes. coy with me saying, Oh, mm. I didn't have crushes on them when I was twelve. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the truth comes out, Byron. I yeah. am I so vulnerable. <laughs> And his full, cheeks, full naive. absolutely. His cheeks, his cheeks are. Oh, red. you're turning red. Yes, I'm yeah. a little Oh, yes. absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! All right. Okay. okay. So, uh, hashtag Ask Alice. The next and actual <laughs> final questions we have. We are finally hearing from the ladies. Cool. We want to hear right. more from the Fanny Fan ladies and everything. But we have a couple questions for you, Alice. Okay. And the first one is from a new Fanny Fan and new podcast fan, Mara Kupka. Mm-hmm. And she mm-hmm. said, quote, I tried to think of something interesting as a very new Fanny Easter. Oh, that was cool. so cute. Yeah. That cute? Yeah. So she writes, Dear Alice, as the very energetic drummer you are, and given the fact that no one wants to give it all away right from the start, how mm. would you describe the way you built slash build your live performances? Close quote. Hmm. Okay. Well, like I said to Nigel. Uh, Mara, when we recorded versus live, uh, you can really hear the difference. In the recording, I would look at the song as if I'm writing my part of the story and building up to the crescendo and the finale. Mm. You know, so pay, playing less in the beginning, maybe, and then more at the end of the song. When you mm-hmm. played live, you want to hit them over the head with rock and roll, you know, like yeah. wake them up. Wake up out there. You know, you don't have to. Just going to say, get up out of your seats. Yeah, you don't have to build that story so carefully live. You know, when you're on stage, bam, you're right there. So it's, you can go balls to the wall. For example, Mara, listen to these two versions of the first verse in Blind Alley. The first is the recording from the LP, and the second is live from the Beat Club. You will hear what I'm talking about. Live, I was able to jump right in and use the toms on that first verse for the effect that I wanted, that chugga, 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 you know, that mm-hmm. that locomotive sound. And mm-hmm. I could keep that up throughout the song where in the recording, I started with a much simpler part and did that part that I do live, the on the last verse only. So there, there's a difference. 
Wow. Yeah. And Alice, you were talking about that kind of, you know, freight train sound, that sound. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And we've talked about this before, but Nikki, who wrote the song and gave mm-hmm. you co-writing credit on this, right. Uh, right. asked you to play specifically like a freight train. That was right. her, her, her analogy, yeah. basically. Yeah. And what you were saying in the clips we just listened to really show that in terms of the buildup on a recording versus live. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So on the recording... It's like the freight train is starting off, leaving the right. station. Right, the, the steam builds. is building. Right. That's right. The steam <laughs> yeah. is building, and the tension is building, and you're right there for that ride. Whereas right. live, the freight train analogy is just boom. You're boom. already, you know, yeah. hundred miles an hour going, and, and yet both work so perfectly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hold on. Yeah, hold on. Hold her down, Newt. She's a rearing. I got you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and this is a perfect way to segue to a comment that Maxine Petrucci, who plays guitar, wrote in for hashtag Ask Alice. She said, quote, Alice started the whole rock female drummer acceptance. Ever, period. Wow. Close quote. I love wow. that so much. Yeah, that is great. You know, and yeah. thanks, speaking Maxine. of, yeah, absolutely. And speaking yeah. of shredding guitar players, oh, we yeah. have another very special musician who started the whole rock female guitar acceptance ever. ever. <laughs> <laughs> our very own June has a question for oh, our very okay. own Alice. Cool. So Alice, June wants to know, quote, how the heck did you get those otherworldly chops? And then she ends with XX, close quote. Oh, well, thanks, June. But you have to remember, you and Jean were right there with me in the basement at Fanny Hill as we crafted so many songs by going over and over and over again. And you can hear that tightness in this next song, which I absolutely love. So listen to us together. On Lonesome Pine. Lonesome Pine, that one. Yeah. Go on, let's do it. Let me in. 
I love that <laughs> song. And that is written by Nikki and uh, June and Sammy Mitchell are playing get to screaming guitars on that. But, you know, <sighs> it's the only <sighs> Fanny song that we did that was like this. And it never yeah. made it onto a record. You know, it's, mm. it's, <laughs> Nikki, it's like, um, uh, roll me over easy. And I get down on my knees begging baby. I'm back at the back door again. When she stumbled down the stairs, gave me that. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. I just wanted to sound like I was falling down the stairs. The but, stairs. you know, I love it. And, and at I the time, it. it never did make it to an album. But at, back in uh, 72, it was November, we were over there um, touring and recording. And there was a guy there and he had a studio. He was an engineer. Hmm. And he said, okay. come try out my studio. No charge, set up, wow. whatever. So it, that was uh, Spot Productions wow. Limited in London. Was that the voice you hear at the beginning? 
Yes, that's his that's voice. That's engineer, okay. Nice, okay. nice, nice guy, yeah. And it was us just jamming and trying out new songs and styles. And of course, for me, the alcohol was flowing. <laughs> uh, I think I'm the only one that got drunk all the time. But, you know, by the time we got to Lonesome Pine, I was three sheets to the wind. You know, this song. but this song, I mean, it's just so natural and the vibe is so yeah. unfanny. But man, did we pull it off. It is oh, one yeah. of my favorite yeah. fanny recordings of all time. You can, I love it. You can tell you're having fun in the studio and, and you were having a blast just oh, now. I wish yeah. we had the yeah. video to show people because that was great. I love yeah, it. Yeah, it was amazing. That was yeah. fantastic. Yeah. I love that yeah. song. It's fantastic. And for those who are wondering where to find it, it is on Mother's Pride on the CD. Mm -hmm. It's a bonus track. And it really is just growing on me as one of my favorites, too. And so, Alice, as we are honoring you on hashtag Ask Alice Part (laughs) 2, many of you have heard us talk about Portobello Express, who Mm, covered Charity Ball. Uh The lead singer and the bassist is Francesca, as she is known, Happy Betty. And I wanted to read to you the comment comments that she wrote in after our last episode of hashtag Alice part one. Uh, So this is what she wrote, quote, I suggest you listen to the episode, uh, episode 38 of Get Behind Fanny, because if you're among my contacts, you probably are a good music lover as much as I am. In this episode, Fanny's drummer, Alice, answers fans questions and talks about her drumming style. I love this girl. She is gorgeous, very straightforward, <laughs> genuine, and humorous. Two Fanny songs here included the heavy rock track Seven Roads, a magnificent example of how tight should be a rhythm section, and a little while later, a magnificent prog rock song a la Procol Harum. Just a personal consideration, she writes, who knows me, knows also that I personally am a drums freak. I cannot play the drums. Uh, great. Nevertheless, I can recognize <laughs> yeah. a good one because I feel it. I know when the drum arrangements fit the song and I can hear every single nuance of it. The style of Alice suits very much my taste. It's a style that got lost as modern drummers play too much where they shouldn't or too little where they should play more. She knows where to play uh, laid back as opposed to wild and heavy. I cannot stand bands that use software drums unless it's an expensive production <laughs> and the producer is yeah. fucking good, she writes. But she said, you always hear it, that it's just a machine. And then she ended with, thank you, Alice, Kristen, and Byron for these podcasts. Mm-hmm. You are a superlative trio. Look, it's a trio Ooh, theme trio. again. Yeah, that's We're why I'm playing so much. <laughs> that's why you're cool. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you know, thank you. Thank, thank you, Francesca. Yes. Thank you. Happy Betty, or as I like to call you, Francesca. Um, and for all of you out there in podcast land, if you have not heard their version, the Portobello Express uh, version of Charity Ball, it's on YouTube. You need yep. to check it out. Yeah. Oh, Just Google it. Oh. You'll find it. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. We're still waiting for them to do a cover of their version of Charity Ball and adding in the X rated lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. just that that, is that still, challenge is still out there. That, that, so. is, that is still a dare. <laughs> that is definitely still. I dare you. Yeah. I dare you too. And yeah. so, everyone, for the final hashtag Ask Alice question for part two, it's from a new podcast listener, as in, but a fanny fan. Not that new. I shouldn't say that. Yeah. She's been listening for a while. Yeah. Antonina Nancy Brooks, who is mm-hmm. also a singer and a songwriter for a wonderful band called The Crushing Violets. Check yes. them out as yeah. well. They're great. And so, she first has a question for you, and she asks, quote, Alice, 
What made you fall in love with music and want to be a part of creating it yourself? All right. Um, and Tanina, let's see. Uh, you might be surprised by this answer, but my first music love was classical music. Um, mm. I was really a late comer to rock and roll. I thought, oh my God, that's awful, you know, with my nose <laughs> up in the air, you know. But even with no, because even with no lyrics in classical music, because I was not a fan of opera, my mind created pictures. Um, and scenes from the music. Okay. I mean, I can, the pines along the Appian, Appian Way, I could see the helmets and the swords of the centurions sure. marking down, marching down the road. And that's what I made up in my head, you know? Mm, but when that. I got older, you know, the Beatles and the Beach Boys were popular. Um, I was at that perfect age, 16, 15, 16, 17 years old, to transition over to rock and roll. And that's what I did. Wow. Wonderful. And Antonina also had a comment that I thought was just a perfect way to end this particular episode. And so for the last comment of hashtag Ask Alice, Antonina says, quote, first, thank you, Alice, I'm going to cry, for paving the way for a generation of female musicians who followed in your footsteps. We are so grateful. Isn't that beautiful? Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. And tonight, and you know what I did, I do believe that we did pave the way. um, Although there were other musicians, women musicians before Fanny, Um, you know, June is still paving the way with uh, at IMA with the rock and roll girls camps. And I know that she does a four mothers lesson each time uh, where she talks Mm. about, all of the women who have come before Fanny and after, but you know, the four Fanny albums with the four original members really gave a broad picture, I think of sound that young girls could hear and could see. And they would say, that could be me. I can do that. I can do that. And we achieved maybe a little bit more success than others before us, which gave us maybe more visibility to show that girls could do it, that they're, you know, mm-hmm. it's okay to play rock and roll. And, you know, as the Go-Go's said to me, if it hadn't been for Fanny, we never would have thought about picking up our instruments. Wow. Wow. So. I love that. And why am I emotional? Well, because I love Fanny so much, yeah. but also yeah. Antonina's comments just really resonated with me because thank you, Alice, mm-hmm. for paving the way for me, that young girl. Oh, Kristen. It's true. And to June and to Jean and to Nikki, you really showed me what I could be. So I want to thank you for everything. And for all of us, for Byron, from Byron and Mm -hmm. I, from everyone, we love you. Thank (laughs) you. We appreciate you. I love me too. (laughs) (laughs) Yay. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And you are talented as all, what do you say? Balls to the walls. (laughs) You really did set the stage for all drummers, female or not after you. And, and so Until next time, everyone, Mm -hmm. that's a wrap. Hit it.